Hello, everyone, and welcome back into the crowded booth. My name is Bryce Coon, alongside Palmer Toms, which means we're talking Georgia Bulldogs, which I guess Georgia Tech fans will go on and go ahead and click off this one. But you saw the thumbnail, so you should have known what was coming. But Palmer, we were just uh, chatting it up for what a solid thirty minutes before we finally hit that record button. We got all the UNC basketball talk out. We got all the uh, the ACC tier list out, and uh, we're ready to talk some Georgia football. Where transfer portal season uh, for a lot of fans has been kind to them. Others, there was a sought after transfer that did not decide to make Athens his uh, his next home. Uh, let's talk about this transfer portal as we kind of you know lean into it. We're going to talk offense, defense, and maybe one of your sleepers. But overall, in this class, how how do you feel like they address some of the needs that they had coming into the offseason? Yeah, you look at the class, seven transfers, five on offense, two on defense. Um, you know, I, I think that they did a good job addressing needs. Um, you know, the, I, I think that there probably still are some needs that could be further addressed, and that's what you've got the spring transfer portal period for. Um, you know, I think defensive line is probably one that everyone had circled for Georgia, and they did go out and get a defensive lineman in South Carolina transfer, Xavier McLeod. It's a kid that they – Highly pursued out of high school, ended up second place for him. He spends just a couple months in Columbia and um, ultimately steps away from that team and is is going to be joining the Bulldogs in Athens here um, this this spring. And so, you know that that's one. I think the other need that you would look at for Georgia, um, you know, wide receiver. You know, it's it's always going to be a need because when when you become a team that becomes dependent on the transfer portal at a specific position, you know, or or in the case of Florida State and Ole Miss as across the entire team. Georgia has become a team that hits in the transfer portal at wide receiver. Um, they took two last year in, in Ra-Ra Thomas from Mississippi State and Dominic Lovett from uh, from Missouri, you know, over the years prior to that. I mean, you know, you go back to 2018, they, they added D-Rob. Um, 2019, they added um, Lawrence Cager. 2020, they ended up taking a tight end. Um, 2021, I'm trying to, that was the year that they did not take any transfers. Um, or no, 2021, they did 2022. They didn't. Um, anyway, they hit with three wide receivers there. Um, you know, you, you add a running back in, in Trevor Etienne. So th this class, they, they go out and they, they addressed two, maybe even three major needs in wide receiver, defensive line and defensive back help. And then mm -hmm. you add a couple of supplementary pieces as well that have the potential to step in and, and help big time right away uh, because of needs at those positions that maybe weren't as pressing. But when you've got players out there of the caliber that Georgia was capable of adding, um, you, you go get those guys. Yeah, it feels like more maybe, and you can correct me if I'm wrong here, a fine tuning. It's just a couple tweaks here and there. It's it's adding around the edges, and that's where Georgia is uh, with this roster. Now, that doesn't mean these guys cannot be impact players and. I'm going to ask you for a guy that you think is going to pop here later on in the show. But let's start here with the defensive side of the football. I know you mentioned one of them there in, obviously, Xavier McLeod, six foot five, around 285, 290. Uh, you know, a guy for me, when, when I just looked at Georgia's roster from afar this year, obviously, I mean, Palmer, it's a secret, they kind of missed a big disruptive presence in the middle as they had had the past couple of years. Now, no that doesn't mean that. <laughs> Yeah, you know, that doesn't mean that Jalen Carter and Jordan Davis are necessarily replaceable in terms of who they are. Those guys were monsters, Devontae Wyatt as well. How does McLeod help with that? And then also get your thoughts on the back end when they added Jake Pope. Is there a path to playing time? Is this a depth pickup? Your thoughts on those two guys? 
Yeah, I mean, with Xavier McLeod and the defensive line, um, you're absolutely right there that they were missing that marquee piece in the middle, um, you know, and they bring back a couple of the guys, you know, the, you look at Georgia's team in 2023 and the three interior presences that they really relied on, the the veterans and that they were counting on to be those disruptive forces, um, you know, were Zion Logue, uh, Nazir Stackhouse, and Warren Brinson. Two of those three are going to be back. Logue is off to the NFL, but Stackhouse and Brinson are back. So that probably eased the concerns a little bit for Georgia. You didn't necessarily have to address the defensive line as hard if two of those guys or three of those guys end up leaving. Um, mm-hmm. You know, maybe you see another defensive lineman that Georgia had ended up taking. Um, you know, and, and again, you know, if, if there's one that's out there in the spring that absolutely can can play for Georgia and can – you know, fill a need there, they'll go get them. Um, just won't be somebody from the SEC because of the interconference transfer rule. But Xavier McLeod, I mean, a top 200 player coming out of high school, the number three player in the state of South Carolina, somebody that, like I said, Georgia recruited, finished second place to the Gamecocks on, just wasn't a fit for him in Columbia. And I think that, you know, he's able to hit the reset button and see if things can work, uh, you know, for him in Athens, you know, working with Trey Scott, somebody that he developed a great relationship with during that recruiting process um you know and and look because they have Stackhouse and Brinson coming back and they've also got Kristen Miller and Jordan Hall two very highly touted players coming out of high school that are relatively young I mean Hall is in his second season with the program um you know going into his true sophomore year uh Miller is going into a redshirt sophomore year um you know took a redshirt year that first year and has you know made an impact as a redshirt freshman this past year. Um, those two guys are going to be counted on as well. And I think that you know I know we're talking transfer portal, but as you look at Georgia and the potential of this team, those two guys are probably their impact and, and their ability to make uh, you know strides could have the biggest you know boom or bust potential for Georgia. Um, you know in in terms of determining how this team does. All that being said, Xavier McLeod is not going to be relied on, um, you know, but if and, and I think that that's probably good for him coming into a system like this. You know, again, he's young. I mean, he's he's just a second year player, will be a redshirt freshman this fall. Um, so, you know, to be able to sit back and learn from some guys that have played SEC football before, that'll be good for him. Th- that being mm-hmm. said, he also has the potential to make an impact um, because he does have that talent. Um, you know, flipping, moving back in the defense to secondary, um, Jake Pope from Alabama, you know, somebody that I, I do think that there is potential that he can play. Um, you know, I, I definitely see this as a depth piece, but I think that because of the lack at safety, uh, lack of depth there, Jake Pope can play. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you look at Georgia and they're losing, um, you know, they're losing Javon Bullard on the back end. You've got Malachi Starks returning, but he's only got one season of eligibility left. Um, or, you know, will only be in Athens for one more year. Uh, that He is, you know, going to go pro after three years. Um, I would be shocked if he didn't. So, you know, you're, you're only counting on seeing Malachi Starks back there for one more year. Who's going to play beside him? That's a big question. Is it going to be Dan Jackson, the walk-on that has, you know, made his name known over the last few years? Is it going to be David Daniel Sisavon? Um, you know, is it going to be Ja'Cory Thomas? Those guys have been around but they really haven't made a move. Um, and so, you know, this is the off season for those guys to make moves. Um, 
you know, and, and, and I think that you're also looking at other guys, um, you know, in that secondary, they add KJ Bolden, the number one safety in the country from this past signing class. That's somebody that you're looking at. But I think with Jake Pope, the experience that he brings to the table, having spent two years in a Nick Saban, Kirby Smart system, he knows what he's supposed to do, or, or mm. at least, you know, he understands, um, you know, the, the, that kind of defense, that style of defense. And so I, I think that at, at worst, you're adding somebody that is going to be an impact player for you on special teams. That's what he was for Alabama. And, and at best, you've added somebody that has experience and understands what to do and can step in and, and be a contributor in the secondary. Yeah, and obviously you mentioned those two guys, Pope, a guy that Georgia pursued at the high school level. Uh, and I, I joke about this all the time. We just talked uh, with our Go 24-7 podcast with LSU. It's almost beneficial, like maybe more, to finish second with the amount of the rate that these guys transfer out. Like if you finish yeah. second in a high school race, you're probably the leader uh, as soon as they want to leave, uh, depending on your coaching situation. So they get Jake Pope and Xavier McLeod. Now, Palmer, on the offensive side of things, they made some more additions. They went back to the well, like you mentioned, with that receiver position. And it has some Georgia fans excited about the potential and some of those new toys including running back that Carson Beck's going to be able to play with. Kind of give us the rundown on some of those guys. And obviously, uh, ETN is is a guy that, you know, Georgia fans are familiar with and probably going to be glad to see him in the red and black. Absolutely. I mean, I'll, I'll start with wide receiver because you've got – that's where the bulk of the group is, um, you know, with Kobe Young, London Humphreys, and, and Michael Jackson the third um, coming – all three coming from Power 5 schools, Miami, Vanderbilt – and USC, um, you know, I, I, Kobe Young is the one that excites me the most um, because, and and I guess I'll save my explanation there because I know what this next segment is going to be about. <laughs> um, but you know, I, I think that with those three that you're adding, um, you know, a couple of different things. You add some speed, you add some size, you add some playmaking ability and, and proven playmaking ability. I mean, London Humphreys was just a freshman this past year at Vanderbilt, but was one of the SEC's best freshmen. Uh, Georgia saw that firsthand as he scored on them on that opening drive, um, you know, in, in Georgia's woes of first first possession touchdowns that they were giving up. London Humphreys was one of those that they did give up. Um, Michael Jackson, somebody out at USC. Um, those two kind of, to me, bring the same thing to the table. Humphreys has more eligibility left. I mean, he he's guaranteed to be, uh, you know, playing college football, not just in 2024, but in 2025 as well. Um, whereas Jackson and Young are older guys that, you know, probably won't be playing college ball in, you know, beyond 2024. You're probably looking at a one-year stop for them. Um, that being said, you know, you look at Georgia's receiver room and what they bring back, you know, I, I don't know that I would project any of these guys in that first group of receivers as starters. Um, you know, I, I probably look more at Rara Thomas, Dominic Lovett, again, two guys that came from the transfer portal this time last year and Dylan Bell, you know, those three guys, um, you know, Anthony Evans would be another one that you would, uh, you know, that there's a lot of excitement about those guys can make a impact. Um, but, you know, as you look at what Georgia's losing in that wide receiver room, you know, I, I think that they do a really good job in replacing those guys. Lad McConkey, you know, a, a guy that can play on the outside, play on the inside. You probably have that in both Humphreys and Jackson. Um, and then a bigger, you know, maybe more possession receiver. Um, I don't know that that's the best term to use, um, you know, to describe Marcus because, you know, Marcus Rosemey Jackson, because he's got some downfield playmaking ability too, but certainly a bigger, you know, physical presence. Kobe Young brings that to the table. Um, yeah. 
So that's your receivers. Um, you know, I, I'll yes, I'll shift to tight end now with, you know, the latest addition to Georgia's transfer class. Um, you know, Ben Urasek. Um, you know, somebody that look, he's got big shoes to fill. I mean, Georgia is is replacing you know probably the goat of college tight ends in, in Brock Bowers. Um, and, and so, you know, is Urasek going to be that guy? Is he going to be Brock Bowers 2.0? No, I don't think that he will be. If he is, Georgia fans will, you know, absolutely love that kid. Um, you know, but I think that he's got, you know, it brings a lot of the same skills to the table, the same traits, you know, he's, he's six foot four, um, you know, and, and has that similar weight to him, similar build. Um, you know, there's not many tight ends that you can hand the ball off to and, you know, count on them to take it 50 yards. You're sick, did that. And, and now granted, I mean, it wasn't against the SEC. It was out in the Pac-12, um, you know, but I, I think that, you know, you're adding somebody that brings similar skills to the table. And obviously you're really excited about Lawson Lucky and Pierce Sperlin, the two you know kids that were true freshmen this past year. Lucky, you know, really came on strong in the spring and, you know, maybe had a, a little bit of a derailing injury there uh, during fall camp. But, you know, that's somebody that George is excited about, um, you know, at that tight end spot. Obviously, Oscar Delp comes back as well. And you add to, uh, you know, from the signing class. But, you know, when you again, like I said earlier, you know, may, tight end probably wasn't a need of Georgia's, but it was one where when you can add a player of this caliber, you go do that. And so that's what it was at tight end, and that's what it was at running back too. Um, running back probably was a little bit more of a need because you've got Branson Robinson dealing with an injury that probably will have him sidelined into the season, um, you know, after s- suffering a ruptured patella tendon last fall camp. Um, you know, you're looking at that running back room and you lose two guys in, in Kendall Milton and Dejan Edwards. You are counting on Branson to probably be out. And so you're looking at, well, what do we have? You've got Andrew Paul and you've got Roderick Robinson, two guys that were in, you know, playing their first seasons this past year and, and you know, didn't get a ton of experience playing behind, um, you know, again, Milton and Edwards. So when you can go add somebody that has that SEC experience like Trevor Etienne does, you absolutely do it. I mean, you know, somebody that has proven his game at the college level. Again, you know, it's funny to watch, you know, you've seen um, was the case with London Humphreys, was the case with, uh, you know, Dominic Lovett and Ra Ra Thomas. All these guys that Georgia played against and, and guys that made plays against Georgia they're willing to go get them. They know if you can make plays on this Georgia defense, you can make plays against any team. So Trevor Etienne, somebody that, uh, you know, obviously Georgia fans are, you know, and, and football fans are familiar with that name, um, you know, given his brother's success. That's another one. Georgia was involved in that recruitment. Yeah. Um, and ultimately he heads to Florida. Now he's going to be suiting up for the Bulldogs this fall. So to me, that's probably the one that m- people are most excited about given the name value. Um, but, you know, I, I lean, and, and I showed my hand there a little bit, I lean another direction there. Yeah, well, let's, uh, before we get there, I do want to give credit. We were talking about this in our latest, uh, one of our latest episodes, SEC tier rankings. Just talking about Vanderbilt. We respect Vanderbilt. We love Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt has some really good people on staff that can uh, decipher through the recruiting rankings and find talent. Problems we be able to keep it. And so shout out to them for finding London Humphreys and uh, being that guy. All right, you did show your hand a little bit. Who makes the biggest impact and why? And I think uh, we all know, if you've been paying attention, uh, where you're leaning with this one. 
Well, okay. So biggest impact I think is probably going to be ETN because of the opportunity. Um, you know, g- given that he's probably going to be running back one, but the one that has me most excited would be Kobe Young. And I, I think mm. that that is because of the size that he brings to the table. Um, it's something that Georgia just hasn't had in, in a couple of seasons. I mean, you really have to, to, to find somebody that is a true go up and get it jump ball type receiver, um, you know, at, at six foot five for Kobe Young, um, he is listed a little bit smaller than that on Georgia's roster. You know, Miami listed him at six foot five. Georgia, I think, has him at six three. So if we want to find the middle ground there, six foot four. Yeah. You know, you just don't have guys like that that come around all that often at that position. In fact, the last one that I think was six foot five for Georgia also came from Miami and it was Lawrence Cager. And so to me, I think it's that kind of same fit. Um, you know, you've got some bigger physical receivers. Dylan Bell is a guy that can you know, go up and get it. Um, you know, Tyler Williams is somebody that Georgia recruited and was excited about, and and he's, you know, still young in that development. I think that having a guy like Kobe Young around could be big for Tyler because he's able to see somebody that has that same kind of build and same kind of style to his game, um, you know, able to go out and watch them, you know, execute. Um, A.D. Mitchell, you know, was a six-foot-four guy. Um, you know, and we saw how he was able to go up and get it. That's the kind of impact that I think Kobe Young can have. You know, again, replacing Marcus Rosemey, Jack Saint, and, and Lad McConkey, he he certainly fits that you know Marcus role a little bit more, where he's the bigger physical guy, um, able to make plays and, and go up and get balls. Um, so that's that's the one that excites me the most because I think he brings something to the table that Georgia maybe didn't have on its roster. You know, you've you've got guys like London Humphreys and Michael Jackson, you know, to me, they're all, you know, those two are pretty comparable to an Anthony Evans, um, mm. you know, and, and Arian Smith kind of brings that same speed element to the table. Um, so they've got that, they've got good tight ends and playmaking ability at that position. They've got safety depth. They've got defensive linemen. They've got good running backs, maybe not proven running backs. And so that's where I think ETN probably makes the biggest impact because there's, need at that position but i think that kobe young might have the biggest potential to make uh you know a huge huge impact for georgia you heard it right there palmer toms talking georgia football Palmer, before we get you out of here man i know we always let you do this uh and that's okay uh, even though i guess we're technically competitors but it doesn't really matter uh tell people where they can find your content i know uh it's this time of the year man it's 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 some good content we're all putting out good quality stuff but uh where can they find your stuff and what you do yeah, dogshq.com. Um, yeah, like you said, the month of February is is an interesting one around this industry. You know, times it's slowed down football season. You're, you're far enough removed from football season that you can't really recap the, the previous one, but you're also far enough away from spring practice. Uh, that, that you don't want to dive into that a little bit too much, but we're, we'll certainly be getting into that over the next few weeks. Um, you know, and, and it's an exciting time to be covering Georgia. Um, always is, you know, Bulldogs bring in the number one ranked recruiting class. Um, you know, they've got some really exciting young pieces that are coming in and, and obviously the, uh, the transfer portal talent that we talked about. So be sure to head on over to dogs HQ, um, and check out the work of myself and, and the crew that we've got. 
It's going to be a lot of fun. Make sure to go over there and check out what Palmer Toms has going on. We appreciate Palmer joining the show. Make sure to like this video, subscribe to the channel if you like it, and we appreciate you for listening, whether it's on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or watching right here on YouTube. We'll catch you next time here on the Crowd